Welcome, everyone, to episode 358 of Signals from Mars. I'm your host, Victor. And for this episode, it is another hour one music discussion, quality music discussion with my patrons, with some of my patrons, with Jeremy, with Brad, and a little later on in the show, Johan, who let us know afterwards that he ditched his guests at his house to be here with us, with you guys. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So one of the reasons why I love doing not only this podcast, interacting with you people, doing the live shows is being able to speak to my patrons. And a lot of people will think, oh, no, that's because they're paying you. No, they're helping me continue to do the live shows. They continue to help with hosting or with other things by chipping in a a little a month. And that kind of helps keep the lights on. I'm not crying here about this. Uh, I'm not um, displeased that I end up losing more money with podcasting than I do making money. I don't make any money because it all goes back into the show. It goes back into equipment and, and different things. And it is what it is. But we do have these awesome discussions. I'd love for more of you guys to join us. Yes, it's only two bucks a month. Yes, you get a week for free to see all the stuff that I offer up. And there's a new caveat where you'll be able to subscribe to the Victor M. Ruiz podcast now on Spotify. So I'm not exactly sure on how the ins and outs work, but if you do see the show there, and if you listen to Signals from Mars to this show, it'll be associated to it. And you'll have the option to check an episode out. And the episodes, you will have to pay a nominal fee for the episode. And then if you're interested, you can sign up for Patreon based on that. And to my understanding, Patreon will be cheaper than buying an individual episode. And these episodes, for example, if you want to check out the episode that I did with Mark Striegel last year, that won't be available to you. What will be available to you will be from the moment you sign up onward. So I encourage you to sign up as soon as possible. I love to talk about new music. You're going to hear that in the next episode as well, but there's plenty of new music that I post onto the Patreon site. It isn't just stupid links. It isn't just me being lazy. No, it's me having videos sent to me by PR companies, by labels, me searching stuff out on the internet. Maybe I'm listening to a band you know, going down the old proverbial rabbit hole and I get turned on to a band and I'll say, wow, this is kind of cool. I've never heard them before. And I'll post it there and it'll, and I'll say, Hey, have you heard of this band before? What do you think? Should we do a deeper dive? Should we check out more? And the other thing that you're afforded by becoming a patron is that not only will you be involved in the hour one specials, if you so choose, but this month we're going to be doing an ACDC special. You'll be able to vote on your top 10 favorite ACDC albums. We'll do a countdown based on that. And 
If you want to be part of the show, awesome. If you only want to be part of the voting process, that's awesome as well. I leave it up to you guys. There's no gun to anyone's head. Uh, there are people that come and go from Patreon. Just doesn't work for some people. I can't please everyone. After all of these years, what I do is what I do. If you love it, then I encourage you to, to join us on the show. And when I end my Victor M. Ruiz shows, a lot of times I tell my patrons, I love you guys. And I really mean it because speaking to them really is a bright spot for me. Getting that feedback, getting that conversation is really cool. And I think they feel the same way as well. Uh, these discussions are like old friends getting together and chatting about music. It's a troll-free atmosphere. If you want to be involved, you're more than welcome to do so. Go to SignalsFromMars.com and you'll find all the links to Patreon, to all the social media stuff and all that great stuff. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Welcome, everyone, to the August 4th edition of Signals from Mars. I'm your host, Victor. We have Jeremy joining me from the UK. We have Brad joining me from Utah. And how are you fellas doing tonight? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, really good. Yeah, doing great. It's, uh, it's a lot earlier here, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, 11 p.m. for me, 10 p.m. for Jeremy, and it is a, it's three for you. Yeah, it's eight hour difference. Yeah. It's a yard daylight time. So, yeah, yard daylight time. You know, it was funny. I was, I was going to ready two sound bites today, but I didn't get around to it uh, just with everything else going on. Uh, a few weeks ago when I was watching The Young Ones with my kids, Alexi Sale came out. And kept saying Jeremy over and over again. So I was like, ah, I got, I need to make that into a clip. Oh, and, totally. uh, and, and the other one was, um, uh, was Doro saying, uh, all we are, but, uh, instead I'll just give you this one, Brad. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. There you go. So, uh, this is an hour one show where we have our music discussions. We have, Jose in the chat. Welcome back, sir. Hope you and the family are well. Pictures uh, from New York look pretty cool. I don't know if you were there with your uh, son as well, but pictures I saw of his were, were neat. Uh, anyway, so um, I'm not going to take too much credit for this because Jeremy and I go back and forth throughout the week uh, just sending messages back and forth. And Jeremy said, hey, here's some topics that we can talk about in the future. And I said, awesome. We got topics ready for this Friday if things uh, <laughs> work out this way. So we had a plan A and a plan B. So one of the plans worked. So, um, and it is interesting because your first point, I guess kind of changed in the last two days because of some news that we heard. So the original point was about Nico McBrain. And because... We had Johan, who uh, we're trying to get him to do a remote call-in tonight to see if we get happy Johan, but uh, I don't know if we'll be lucky with that. But so Johan even told us that it's Sweden Rock. Something was up with, with Nico, and I mean, we've all been seeing footage from the beginning of this year, and things looked kind of off. So uh, the 
item in question was, is Nico ready to retire? Should he retire? And what does it mean for Maiden? Now, in all fairness, before anyone jumps to conclusions who's listening to this, none of us knew that there were health issues with Nico. We didn't really know until Wednesday that something was up. And then yesterday, they came out and said that he had a stroke. And, of course, that changes a lot of things. But at the same time, it kind of still doesn't change the question, though. Because how does this... He says that he's he's been playing at 70%. He's closer to 100%. But is this a recurring health issue that he's going to have? Obviously, with the money that he has... And the band has, they're going to run him through a battery of tests and he's probably going to have some of the best doctors in the world look at him. So um, what the, what does it mean for Maiden and what does it mean for for Nico? Brad, you're the closest thing to a doctor that we have here. You <laughs> obviously are Dr. Poison, but um, with regards to, to Nico having a stroke, I mean, this is like a, remar- a remarkable bounce back. And at the same time, I, I want to ask you guys this as well. Is it Was it the smart thing to do for the band to continue to play with him or just say, hey, Nico is sick and have someone else step in for for a few months and then bring Nico back once he's, once he's at 100%? Wouldn't be the first band to do something like that. So, Brad, what do you think this means for Maiden and for Nico? That's a great question, by the way. Um, you know, here's the thing. I mean, every, strokes are not equilateral across the board. In other words, it's not, you know, it, we could all have a stroke tonight. Hopefully not. And we could have three different outcomes. Right. Uh, or maybe four different outcomes, just assuming that somebody pops in right here. Uh, so, I mean, I, let's, let, let's, let's talk history here for a second. Nigel Glockler, Saxon, he had a stroke. He had a significant stroke. I mean, you know, uh, was paralyzed for a while. Uh, Jeremy, what, do you remember how long ago that was that happened? Oh, quite a while now, I think. Can't yeah. remember exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the time, you know, looking at him in the hospital and he, he did not look good. Uh, you thought, oh, he's done. He's totally done. Uh, he rehabbed in, incredibly well, uh, and I don't know how long it took him to get back on the on the drum stool, but it took a while. And I've seen him several times since his stroke, and uh, he is 100%. I mean, the guy plays he, – he'd play rings around most people. So it all depends on, with Nico, how well he rehabs and, and how how he gets back his uh, uh, his being able to play, his skills. Um it's mobility. So if he can get it back and he wants to keep playing, I, I'm, I think he should play if he can play. But, yeah, obviously if he's not getting it done, then it, that's a tough – I, I kind of liken this to, you know, well, Victor, your parents are still around. Uh, when they get to the point where maybe you got to think about taking the car keys away. <laughs> right. And that's a, that's a tough one, man. So I, you know, I so I, I wish everybody luck when they when you come to that with your parents, trying to get them to stop driving. And I think it'd be the same thing with uh, Nico, you know, trying to get him to stop drumming because that's what he does. Uh, you take that away from him, um, 
you, you, you know, that, that could really damage him. Uh, but, but if it has to be done, it has to be done. And he has to, I'd like to think that, you know, he would, he would say, Hey lads, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping you back and you need to move on without me if you're going to move on. And I think that's one of the questions here, right? Yeah. So Jeremy, your thoughts. Jeremy, Jeremy, go ahead. It's uh, slow on the, it's rolling through quite slowly. So I'm kind of just getting, getting, Uh, yeah, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Sound, you sound great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. No, I thought we were just having a little bit of a connection issue for a second, but I think we're okay now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I saw okay. I saw Iron Maiden obviously just recently in Manchester, and it was quite obvious that his playing was you know below par. Um, there was something up and there was something not quite right about it. And I just thought, well, is he just because he's old? I mean, he's 71 years old. Um, So, you know, I just worried a little bit that um, there was a, you know, problem age related, but now we know that, you know, he actually had an illness at the time and he'd had a stroke and obviously he was having difficulty in actually drumming, actually using his arm. So, um, but it's quite obvious. And I think the band also, the way they had the backdrop, I don't know whether they planned the backdrop before, but it was a bit weird because it was kind of like he was on his own um, in this sort of little square at the back. Um, And it was almost as if they tried to hide him away. Um, So you couldn't really see him too well. Uh, so that was a little bit weird. You know, it was like a cutaway at the back where he was sort of sitting rather than right amongst the band. Um, so that was, uh, you know, a bit a bit interesting. But I think the, the, the answer to the question is, you know, obviously these a lot of these um, players now are getting quite old. And so they've got to decide themselves, you know, are they still being useful really in, in the band? Um, because, you know, a band like Maiden is quite uh, high intensity really, isn't it? You know, um, you need to be on, on the ball to play that sort of stuff. You can't play it at sort of a slower speed, really. You need to be playing at the speed it was played or, or more or less. Um, and so, you know, at the end of the day, it's he's the oldest member of the band, isn't he? So, you know, he's the one who's probably going to be suffering first. He's also doing the most physical work as well. I mean, out of yeah. out of all of them. I mean, outside of Yannick prancing around, um, <laughs> Nico's going to have you know, the most physical part of, of the job. I mean, drummers are the ones that, that break down first. It's, it's usually the singer, the drummer, the first one that can't do it anymore. So, um, yeah, Nigel Glockler had his stroke nine years ago. So it's, it's been almost Mm. a, a decade. Um, let's see, as far as Iron Maiden members are concerned, And here's another thing, too, is let's say they have to replace Nico all of a sudden. Who do you bring in? Ooh, wow. Because, mm. because that's another one. You know, you can't you can't bring Clive Burr in. He's gone. Uh, I, I know that there are a million guys out there that are that are great players, but. You know, Maiden has never had a double bass drum playing drummer. Uh, you know, do they? 
It would probably be a UK drummer. I would doubt that they would bring an American or, you know, a, a Swedish player. What what UK drummer from a from a hard rock or metal band would they bring in? And he'd probably have to be a single bass drum playing drummer. You know, one of these things where he would have to keep up with the aesthetics or, or you know, everything that the um, the band is usually known for. Uh, let's see. I, you know, you would think that they would put their. So, so what you're saying is Mark, Mike Portnoy is not a candidate. Mike Portnoy is is not a candidate, but come on, he could do it though. Um, you know, I don't I don't see a problem having a double a double bass drummer in there. I mean, as long as he you know shows respect to the songs. I mean, Nico does a lot of fast one foot stuff that kind of sounds double kicky at times. Yeah. Uh, and there's times when I'm like, wow, when did he, when did he start playing the double bass? But you know, it's not, it's just, he's, he's got a fast right foot. Yeah. Nichols playing to me is very unique and yeah, it, it'd be a tough, I'm, I'm sure there's somebody out there who could do the job though. Cause there's so many, there are so many good drummers, but yeah, that, uh, there's a big shoes to fill. Yeah. So, uh, Wow. So Nico is 71. Yeah. Steve Harris is the second oldest at 67. And then Dave Murray, Adrian Smith, and Yannick Ayers are all 66. Mm. And then Bruce is 64. He's the youngest one out of all of them. So he's what uh, seven years younger than Nico. Yeah. Again, age is not the same for everybody either. Right. Yeah, well, and it's it's not the same for a Nico McBrain and Iron Maiden, or a Lars Ulrich in Metallica, or one of these people in in bands that are making a ton of money that can have some of the best health care available to them in the world. So that's in that's a different story to you know I don't know John Tempesta in the cult or uh you know I don't know and and I was trying to think who who Lauren Harris's last drummer was uh given that Richie Faulkner came out of her band <laughs> if there's anyone that uh that played with with her that would be able to fill the shoes because Bruce has historically worked with American musicians in, in his solo band. So it's, it's not as if uh, you could say, okay, well, we'll just bring one of these guys along. Um, Also, I I don't know, maybe Steve could pull the guy in from British line. Who knows? Yeah. I, I would imagine that they wouldn't have to, try very hard to get some no. worthy, worthy candidates to audition. Um, you know, I, I think in Maiden, an important part of it is, I mean, really the drumming has got to be number one, but the person's got to be number two. You got to, you got to fit in with that bunch. Um, mm-hmm. So It'd be Thunderstick out of Samson. They already took Bruce from Samson. <laughs> no, but Thunderstick was already in Maiden at one point in time. There you go. Get him back. <laughs> Where is uh yeah, but would he have his uh bedazzled mask that 
he's been known to wear now. <laughs> so the various drummers that Maiden has had, they had Ron Rebel Matthews from 75 to 77. Mm. Thunderstick, known or, you know, real name Barry Perkis from 77 through 78. Doug Sampson, 78 through 79. Wow. And right after that, it was Clive Burr to Nico. Interesting. You never hear who else was thought up of to come in when uh, when Clive left the band. Because yeah. Nico at the time was in trust. Uh, he was touring with them. He wasn't an official member of the band. He was just an employee. But he had also played with uh, Pat Travers, I believe. Yes, that is correct. And and neither of those bands are anything like Maiden. I mean, it, right. You know. Yeah, I. But I don't know, you, Jeremy. You saw him. Mm. You you saw Iron Maiden. How long ago now? Oh, it's only a matter of a, a month ago, yeah. isn't it? So yeah. did you feel like his performance really wrecked the show or really brought it down quite it, a bit? Or? It, did, it didn't wreck the show because obviously Maiden are a great live act and, mm-hmm. you know, they can uh, they can all play. But it certainly was noticeable that, okay. you know, he wasn't playing well. Uh, so, so that was a big, wow. big issue for me. The other issue I would also say is I noticed how little Dave Murray and, and Yannick really contribute much. I mean, obviously, they're, they're doing a lot of the rhythm stuff. It's Asian, you know, Asian Smith is doing all the legwork. Um, and really? almost, yeah, yeah, he, he seemed to wow. me to be doing all the stuff, really. Um, so that's another issue. Um, I was looking at it from above you know first time i'd seen them from the seats before i used to be on the on the ground you know standing and watching yeah. them uh and so you see a little bit differently don't you from above and see you know the movements um dave murray was there in sort of like his sort of moccasins on you know he, was, he had some soft shoes on uh no trainers you know so he's kind of like he just come off the golf course and he's just playing playing along and smart you know how he is he's quite laid back very smiley um and, uh, you know, just got the impression that they're just clocking on a bit. You know, that it's just one of those where they are, they are, you know, what can you do? They're, they're a certain age and that they're not going to get any younger. Um, and that they're, they're just not quite on, they're not quite at it as they were the previous time I saw them and the previous time before that. So each time I see them, you know, there's something not quite right and it's getting slight, yeah. very, very slightly worse, just slightly. But of course, you know, most Maiden fans will just talk me down and say, oh, no, they were magnificent. What are you talking about? They're the greatest live band ever. And they are. They're fantastic. You know, I'm not going to say they're not great, but that you can just notice that age is kicking in. That's all. So I'm trying to think how long ago it was I saw them here in the Senjutsu or Stuenjutsu uh, tour. And I don't know. Was that last summer I saw them? I but they were great. Uh, they were so much better than they were on the the Book of Souls tour. I saw them before that. Um, I mean, most of it was the set list, but they were firing on all cylinders. I mean, all guitar players were playing their uh, normal parts. Nico was great. I mean, Bruce was great. The sound, for once, the sound was really good. It was it was just fantastic. So, I mean, that wasn't that mm. long ago. It was within the last year. Mm. 
it could have been the it could have been the song choices, of course, as well, because yeah. on this tour, you know, they're playing uh, quite a few of the new songs, and they're playing a lot of the stuff off Somewhere in Time, and they're playing a lot of the longer songs. So you know, it can be that, and who knows? You know, they, they're on a long tour. You know, they might have played absolutely out of their skin the previous night, and then they get to Manchester, and who knows? They might be tired. Uh, hmm. You know. Who knows? Um, you know, men of in their sixties and, as we said, seventy-one, they're going to get tired, aren't they? You know, some nights. <laughs> I'm tired right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so I yeah. almost just did a first for the show. I almost killed a fly on uh, on the air, and it's still <laughs> he's, he's, the fly's pushing. Uh, he, he's he's pushing it, so we we could still. Well, yet to start a, a fly biting. I have a my fly killer right here, wait right there. You can see her. Ah, yeah. Yeah, she's she's resting right now, but that that dog can kill flies. Let me tell you. Oh, Johan, he's a lot of grasshoppers too. Oh wow, Johan, we can't see you. Oh, there we go. There's Johan. There we go. How are you tonight, Johan? I'm good, thank you. Uh, sorry for being so really late, but uh, it's I fine. Had some, uh, you know, I can explain that later. But <laughs> when you send a link on Messenger, it's hard for me to transfer it to my uh, uh, okay. PC. So it's yeah, I'm not a computer uh, expert, as you can see. Sorry. You, you can just open uh, Facebook on your computer. And then no, 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 no. This is my, this is my uh, uh, politician computer. So ah, no, okay. I so won't no, do you that. cannot. Okay. No, gotcha. no. Okay. Understood. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, real quickly, because we were wrapping this topic up, but Johan, if Maiden was to replace Nico, who who would he? Who would they replace him with? Oh, uh, any drummer that's good. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, Nick was good, but I mean, it would be funny if we replaced him with some, you know, young, unknown, very uh, talented uh, young guy or girl. That would be great. When when you say young guy, and I mean this guy's oh, yeah. known, I I would uh, if 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 they were able to swing a trade with Sepultura and bring in uh, Eloy, their drummer, who's just a ridiculous player, was playing with a broken leg not that long ago. <laughs> Broke his leg riding a bike, ha- uh, had his leg operated on, took I think two weeks off, and started playing again after that doing shows so that's crazy all right so um and and johan your answer's very similar to what brad and jeremy said aha uh-huh. okay there's, good there's a lot of drummers out there and i'm sure that uh that that they'd be able to fill that spot the name that jumped to mind real quickly and i'll say this before we move on just because i've seen him play Loss of for words, loss for words, or however you want to say it. I've seen Dave Lombardo play that song mm. in, in, with an Iron Maiden tribute band, 
And instantly that popped into my head, but I was like, yeah, but Lombardo's in too many projects as is, so he'd be able to do it, but I don't know if he'd be able to do his 17 other projects. (laughs) All right, so the next thing that, once again, I'm crediting Jeremy for this, RCD is going to make a comeback, and what do we prefer, vinyl, CD, or digital downloads? Jeremy, your question, you go first. Yeah, I had Brad in mind on this because I know he's a CD collector. As, uh, <laughs> but I, you know, pro- partly prompted by the fact that I just bought a new CD player for myself and I read the spiel that came with it and it was saying that um, CDs were making a comeback and I think they were just sort of, you know, trying to make you buy the, the player. But I think, yeah, probably CDs will come back eventually. And I think, you know, I've started to play mine more again. There we go. I knew Brad would have a huge collection coming out here. He's, he'll probably be buying one on air as we speak. <laughs> um, but, you know, if I had a preference, I don't know, because I think I play all three. I mean, I play vinyl when I'm working because I've got a record player that sits behind me. Um, I listen to digital in bed because that's obviously the easiest thing to do if, you, if you're climbing into bed and you just want to listen to something before you go to sleep. Uh, and I listen now listen to CDs in the lounge when I'm just sort of relaxing a bit and I try to put on a whole CD. I don't manage it because i often get interrupted but at least i'm trying to listen to them again there and and obviously in the car still because i've got a cd player in the car still so i'm listening to all three and i like all three in their own way so you know i couldn't pick but if he sings for sound again cds i think have a great sound but i do like that richness that you get from a, a vinyl yeah jeremy you just came up with the name of of my next album digital in bed (laughs) (laughs) there we go (laughs) Uh, brad i think this is i I think we know where brad's answer is going with this he's pulling out vinyl or uh, yeah vinyl he's pulling out cd copy of volume four is what i was yeah this is the whole this is the black box right here I'm, i'm packing up all my cds for the move so, but this one, I just bought this two weeks ago, so I'm still buying CDs. This is Matt's Carlson Mood Elevator. Um, I, uh, yeah, this will be a bit of a commercial. I'm going to recommend everybody buys this. This is an unbelievably good album. So enough of that. Uh, so I bought the CD. But here's the thing. In my current house, I really don't have a great place to listen to CDs. The new house, I'm going to set up a room, especially two, one CD, just yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. It's gonna be a music room I for f- listening to music. I feel a turntable coming on. It's. It can't be that far behind. <laughs> now, of course, I got rid of all my vinyl in the last move. So, um, come on, join the club like the rest of us. You know, I'll start buying over. Start rebuying everything you, you got rid of. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, but I. I love vinyl. I. I, I wish. I wish I still had that uh, as an option. And who knows? You're right. Once I, once I go the complete stereo route and if I, with the room that I'll have, maybe I will buy a turntable. I'll see. So right now, what would your preference be CD or digital? CD sounds really good. And I prefer that for, uh, you know, if I'm really going to listen to something, uh, but I buy mostly digital now just because I can listen to it. I get I mean, my card doesn't have a CD player. Right. So I can't listen to stuff in the car uh, on CD. And I don't really have a good setup for listening to CDs here at the house. So I'm going to have to get that sorted out. So 
Rod's going to have to remedy that. Yes, I will. Yeah. And I listen to most things now with, uh, you know, earbuds, headphones and that. And so that kind of goes to the the download or or I take the CD and convert it to a, a MP3 and listen right. to it that way. But I'd much prefer go straight CD for the better sound. Gotcha. Okay. Johan, how about you? What do you prefer? Vinyl, CD or digital? I prefer vinyl, uh, but I listen to 95% to, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, from Apple Music. But uh, if I'm home and I like to listen to music, for the whole room and the whole perhaps a party or so, always vinyl, but I'm, I'm lazy. I like, to, <laughs> I like Apple Music, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah now there's yeah, the, the convenience of that is incredible right yeah and that's, that's in the car and go hey siri i want to hear this song and boom there yeah. it is mm. yeah absolutely mm. yeah 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 it's the, the only thing i would say yeah the only thing i would say is that um it's sometimes a bit more tricky to think what you want to play whereas if you've got all your cds in front of you and you see them and you know they're in alphabetical order you kind of pick one out and you pick it out and you see the you know the 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 artwork with it and you see the tracks that are on it and then you think yeah that's what i want to play but i find it trickier to do that on digitally and of course there's the two things digitally as well there's whether you pay for it or whether you have it for a free account yeah. as well and and so whether you can actually save it onto your hard drive because i don't pay for it because i buy vinyl and cds so right yeah yeah that's that, that's a, a very interesting point that brad basically brought up convenience um i would say that at night or while i'm working here i usually i I do it digitally and um, I do have, you know, all the vinyl behind me. I mean, all my vinyl is, is behind me and outside of the clutter, there's, there's everything there. I mean, there's CDs behind me as well, but most of the CDs are in the next room and the, you know, the decent um, setup is in the next room. So just to not have to go back and forth and, and whatnot, I usually list the digital more. But if I see something that's really cool on CD or on vinyl, uh, whichever of the two I can afford <laughs> is what it comes down to. Uh, because we all know that vinyl is expensive. But I mean, for example, behind me, I have, um, you know, Overkill. This is, th this is CD. You know, hmm. so this was something cool that I wanted because it had a a bonus DVD with it. So that's why I got it on CD with uh, I have the Armored Saint DVD back there. D uh, well, Blu-ray and CD. But I also got that on vinyl because the vinyl was really cool. So I was like, OK, at that time I could afford both. So I got both more so because I wanted the the Blu-ray of that, but it, again, for me, it's, it's hard to beat the convenience of, of digital. And a lot of nights I'll be here. I'll be working uh, on various things. The fly is getting closer to getting swatted again. Um, but I'll sit here and, 
Jeremy, for me, I have just, uh, let's see. Let me share this screen. Where's the entire screen? Okay, here we go. So I have my Apple Music here. That isn't showing. Oh, there we go. Okay. Mm. But a lot of nights what I'll do is I'll sit here and I'll go, oh, okay. Um, I'll go to a band that starts with an A. And I'll just, mm. you know, play a song from, from, the, from one of these bands' playlists. Go down to B. Do the same thing. Go down to, you know, all the way down the alphabet. And then by the time I work my way all, all the way down to Z, I'm like, all right, it's time to sleep. <laughs> so, but at the end of the day, hey, whatever works. If having the CDs in front of you and being able to pull out one that you really want to check out from your list, yep. I mean, whatever works, as long as it's enjoyable. They're all next to me here. See that? So, so wait. All right, so there you go. Except, <laughs> Johan, do you have any CDs around you that you can show us? CDs or vinyl? <laughs> no, I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> okay. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> they're, in, they're in the basement. But, uh, All right. No, yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, okay. I have. I have. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, anyway... So let's let's move on to the next subject here. The the this was sparked by a few weeks ago. I mentioned how I had purchased some three dollar T-shirts or three euro T-shirts from an ad mm -hmm. on Facebook and found out that it was a uh, uh, essentially it was it was a scam. So, folks, uh, if it's too good to be true, it really is. So if, if you see $3 t-shirts, if you see $10 NBA jerseys, $30 sneakers, uh, they're probably ripping you off. So I was lucky enough to get my money back from the bank. Nice. But um, So Jeremy's question here is, can you wear a band t-shirt for fashion reasons only? And I'll mention this real quickly. At basketball camp this summer, uh, there was the mother of two twins that were playing. I'm like, wait a second. She's wearing a Def Leppard high and dry T-shirt. And so I said to her, I said, I said, wow, that's one of my favorite albums of all time. And she says, and it's very fashionable as well. And at that moment, I thought, uh, does she even, has she ever heard high and dry or she just picked this up because it was at a store and I had seen the design on this specific site where they offered all these shirts, but at the, lo the local mall, various shops like hit and miss. Um, I'm trying to think there's another one called Stradivarius. I don't know if that's anywhere else in Europe or not, or if it's just here in Spain, and there's an there was another store, and they all had Def Leppard T-shirts from different eras of the band. One had High and Dry, one had Hysteria, and the other one I believe had Pyromania. Uh, there were Ramones T-shirts. There was um, 
I forget what else there were. There was more hard rock metal type stuff. So in your opinion, guys, can you wear band t-shirts for fashion reasons only? Johan. Yes, you can. Because the artwork of our favorite bands are, uh, as we all know, most often very good. So, of course, yes. Okay. I love them. Cool. I don't. Uh, I don't care if you are Kim Kardashian if and, and wear a Slayer T-shirt. It's it's good. Why not? Well, the the it's good uh, artwork. I I know when that happened, Gary Holt came out and complained about it, and at the same time, Dino from Fear Factory came out and said, "Please wear my T-shirt," <laughs> because he basically said, you know, when some of these people are wearing it for <laughs> yeah, <Fashion laughs> reasons, it just makes sure that th- their merch sells. You know, it's free advertisement for, on, on a very large scale. So. You know, if it's if it in my opinion, if it gets the word out to people and it helps support a band or it helps turn somebody onto their music, why not? Brad, what do you think? Well, I have to agree with Johan because he's always right. Um, <laughs> but I and I do I do agree with it. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, we anything that anything that promotes the music we love is a good thing, right? But part of me part of me doesn't dig it at all. It's like, what the hell's wrong? You know, it's like, if you're going to wear the shirt, listen to the band. Okay. Get on board. Don't just, don't just be a fake fan, be a real fan. So I'm not saying they should take the shirt off. I'm just saying they need to, well, it depends on who's wearing it. Just, (laughs) they, they need, they, yeah, they need to back up their shirt, man. Let's, let's listen to the music. But I say that about people who are fans of the band. I mean, I can go back to that time when I was in St. Louis seeing Saxon. Let's see, the the new album is out. I wish I could remember which one it was. Um, It was probably a, let's see, it was when they were on that tour with the Black Star Riders. And so anyway, I'm standing there at the front of the stage with all these guys, old old dudes, the the Mark Striegel crowd, the fat, bald guys. Um, (laughs) And and they're talking they're talking about oh man when I saw Saxon in eighty five whatever and I was like yeah you know I, so I kind of had to jump in the fray a little bit and I said so what do you guys think about the new album oh I haven't heard it yet like what do you mean you haven't heard it yet what was the last Saxon album you bought oh Power and the Glory it's like okay you call yourself a fan and and it's a good thing that you're here and it's a good thing that you bought the albums back then but. Why are you not buying these albums now? Well, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't understand why people who are fans of a band right. aren't supporting them. This, this is, I know I just hijacked the question there. I'm sorry. Lazy, lazy <laughs> listeners. I will always remember the guy that said, wow, Dokken is on tour. Their last album was so great. I rocked out to that when it came out. Back for the attack was so awesome. It's like, wait a second. Back for the attack was like 89, 90. Where, where have you been for the 15 subsequent albums after that? Oh, they've put out 15 albums since. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> mm. 
What do you think? Yeah, it it was it, well. It was the question was partly motivated by your purchases and also partly motivated by the, the fact that a, a wife of a friend I sort of saw the the two of them one lunchtime. I was walking past and she was wearing a Van Halen shirt. So I obviously I stopped for a little chat and I said, "Oh, I like your t-shirt." She goes, "Oh, uh, yeah, I just wear it. It's fashionable, you know. I like it." So it's she wasn't really a Van Halen fan, but then I sort of thought to myself. I got the sort of you know the the bad vibes about that, and I was but I was put back into what I, my old mindset when I was a teenager, thinking I hate these people who wear t-shirts who don't like the pants. You know they should have been to the concert, they should have been to the show, or they should at least know every single album that this band, bands have produced, or at least chat about the band. You know, but then I, then I was thinking, well, wait a minute, she's been walking around all morning in this t-shirt, and there'll be other people who will spot it like me, and there'll be one or two will say, oh Van. Halen, I haven't heard them for a while. I'll go back and stick on Jump or I'll stick on whatever, you know. Right. Uh, and there'll be one or two people who'll say, Van Halen who? I've never heard of them. But hey, I might mm -hmm. go back and put them on and try them out. So, you know, there is that. It's free marketing for heavy metal, for classic rock. And it doesn't matter what, what band it is. It might be the most famous band, but it might turn them into something else. You know, they might suddenly get into that band. You know, Johan, it might be a Rush t-shirt. And you might have an, another fan on your hands there. So, you know, I, I'm pretty pretty easy about it. I'd rather have people wearing and knowing about rock music than saying it's complete crap. Agreed. I think it's uh, probably uh, uh, just a matter of time because Rush T-shirts are, uh, as you know, the, the most – they have made some – really really nice covers of their albums so mm. probably rush teachers would be i mean next summer probably rush teachers everywhere so you know what i yeah. mean yeah i mean they sell them in hmv here in in the uk you know and you, you can easily get a rush shirt uh yeah you know, the, the old uh sort of the old-fashioned rush that was on i think the first album or whatever there's that one and then you've got the moving pictures type one on a shirt you can get yeah. that yeah yeah Twenty-one, twelve—the next fashion style. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, the, your your statement also, uh, Jeremy. The fly bid, first fly ever, gone <laughs> on on a podcast on my podcast. Anyway, Jesus, <laughs> they've been relentless. I think I've killed thirty today. So. Anyway, plenty of plenty of manure in the fields, folks. Uh, I when you brought that up, Jeremy just reminded me of Margot Robbie talking about listening to Metallica and Slipknot and Kate Blanchett saying, "Oh, I thought for most people that's just a phase." So, yeah, yeah. idiot. Uh, all right, next point. Who would you pay to do a meet and greet? Plus sound check. Now, these meet and greets and sound check for most bands that are doing them cost in the thousands. They're not cheap. You know, a band like Kiss is charging like 1500 and up to see them sound check or to meet them and, and all this stuff. So is there a band that you would pay to meet and greet and do the sound check? Brad, anyone for you? No, because I'm, I'm part Scottish, and so I'm a cheap bastard. 
And I, I have a hard enough time paying for the concert ticket itself. Right. Uh, at the prices that they're asking for a lot of these things. Uh, but mm. yeah, I, I mean, and I mean, I've been lucky enough to be able to meet a lot of guys, uh, a lot of bands and, and for the most part, they're really, they're really cool people, but to pay for it, it just seems, I don't know, man. It, it, I don't know. Yeah. And, and I understand why bands are doing it. I mean, they really need, you know, they're not making money like they right. used to, you know? And so they, you know, if people will pay it, why not? I, I totally support them doing it. And, uh, but yeah, me, I can't think of anybody that I'd pay money to meet. Sorry. You paid money to meet me. Well, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I'd pay. I'd pay money to meet everybody on this dais right here. Um, I would. I would. Uh, yeah, that, that was. Yeah. So you need to retract your statement. You would, in fact, pay money to meet somebody, but you wouldn't pay money to meet a band. I figure I'm paying for the concert ticket. That's me paying to see them. They don't care about me. If they did, then, you know, hey, yeah. I'm right here. Johan, how about you? Um, would you pay to do a meet and greet? No. I agree with Brad with all that he said, but I would really love to buy a uh, Giddy Lee for uh, dinner and some great wines. So that's a kind of a meeting rate because I would really like to sit down and talk with him mm. for an hour, but that's not a meeting rate. But uh, my point of view is Brad's, but yeah, I could pay for yeah the food and the wine for a dinner with Gedley. Mm. Yeah. Mm. As, you know what? And I got to agree with Johan. I would do that too. If, if there was, you know, band that I really like, I saw one of the guys hanging around out behind the venue or whatever and be like, Hey, you know, you guys, yeah. have, you guys had dinner and uh, the answer is no. It's like, let me treat you to dinner. I would take, I would take guys out to dinner. Cause again, I know what it's like on the road. And, uh, it's, I, I open my house to people too. It's like, yeah, you want to stay in, you want to stay in my house rather than a hotel. It won't cost you anything. Um, and you might have fun here. We can play pool. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The pool, the pool outside is open. Yeah. There's a lot of cool. I mean, and Johan, I would love nothing more for you to hang out with Getty Lee. And, and I, I think it would be the coolest thing ever. I, I would actually pay for that to happen. Okay. I would pay for. Getting, well, thank you. Thank I would you. pay for getting me to, to hang out with Johan, and I would be happy to be a fly on the wall kind of a thing. I don't. I don't need to be part of it. That'd be cool. Johan, would you cook for Getty Lee, or would oh, you, you take? Bet he would. Or would you take? Of course, he would. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. I. I'm confident in my cooking. So yeah. What yes. would you? What would you cook for Getty Lee? That is a great oh, question. I guess uh, something uh, kind of Swedish, but uh, yeah, Swedish, but 
kind of something that I can combine with, yeah, but with some uh, good French wine. Yeah, Geddy is, uh, you know, he he likes wine and he's good in wine. Uh, So, French, uh, probably I would have to have have him to choose the wine. Gotcha. All right. You need to you need to know if he's vegetarian though or not. I don't know whether he is. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't think so. No, no, no he's not. Get it, get his, no, no, he's not. Okay, he's gonna eat a he's gonna eat a steak with you. <laughs> he's gonna eat a moose. Yeah, <laughs> reindeer. <laughs> a moose followed by a moose. moose. <laughs> we have other <laughs> we have other animals here in Sweden. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, you proposed the question. Is there any band that you would uh, pay for to see uh, the meet and so, sound check? Yeah, so I have to admit, I've nearly done two of these. Nearly. Okay. Nearly. And I'll tell you the stories. So one of them was a sort of a, almost a charity type meet and greet. It was with Thunder, but it was down in London and I couldn't get down there. Uh, it wasn't too expensive and it was a curry. Uh, so it was like a curry meal. I don't know how it all went because I don't know anything about it afterwards. But uh, yeah, I nearly went on that because I thought it'd be a good chance to meet the band. Uh, and the other one that I've nearly done, and I really regret it now because the prices now have, have ballooned, obviously. But at the time, I think it was only a couple of hundred quid. Uh, it was before COVID was to do one with Michael Schenker um, in Manchester. And I really, really regret that. And the, one of the reasons I didn't pull the trigger on it was because it didn't include the ticket for the concert. Um, and I thought, you know, you got to pay extra for the ticket. I felt a little bit, they should have given you, the, you know, got you in for that as well. But you could have gone to the sound check. They said you could take, you know, any, any amount of albums and get them signed. So oh, you're wow. going to spend a bit of time you could have a picture with him uh and i just feel you know what shank is like he just he talks and talks and talks so i'll be with him for a good 25 minutes um because he just never stops so um yeah that would have been great because you know he's a he's a character isn't he so um didn't do it but i the answer to your question is i wouldn't do it now because i think the prices have gone up shooting up i mean it's just ridiculous but the, brad said the right uh, reason for it is because they need to make money out of it you know they're not making money um from the from the records and and even the merchandising they're having to give away a lot of the sales price you know they're uh, at the concerts so you know i suppose they feel like they have to do it all right so for jeremy yeah, speaking of uh, cooking, I have a I have a true story about cooking. Okay, go ahead. Uh, uh, when uh, Dio played, when Ron James Dio played here at my hometown in 1997 or 98, uh, uh, I cooked for the band, and it was uh, before the show, and I went out, we had drinks, and then when the Dio came to me and said. Hey, the band would like some food after the show, <laughs> uh, or Ronnie, uh, especially. Uh, and I was okay, okay. So I had to go back into the kitchen, and uh, uh, and uh, I, I I remember I I fried some um, chicken to him, uh, chicken legs, and uh, I was not sober when I did that, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I went by, and is that how you get drunken noodles? Yeah, but 
wait and <laughs> it was uh, yeah uh, and then she came to me and said <clears throat> after the show and after it was closed thank you so much for uh, for the food and Ronnie was very grateful and he would like to say hi so because I cooked those chicken for him uh, I get to spend 10 minutes with Ronnie James Dio I I have said it before, but but I can say it every mm. night. So I met Ron Diemstio because of my cooking. So that was a that was a good evening here in Yumbi. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great story. And I spent ten minutes with him and spoke with him. And and supposedly, if that true story, yep. If, yep. if you ran into him afterwards, he would have remembered your name. Because he he remembered everybody's name supposedly. <clears throat> he was, uh, I mean, I met a lot of rock stars, mostly Swedish, because of my former occupation. Uh, but uh, yeah, he was special. He, I mean, he was very. Uh, what are you saying? He was very personal mm -hmm. when you spoke to him. Right. He was very. You felt like you you spoke to a friend, right? Right. right. That was uh, ah, very special. Yeah, and and there are a lot of stories of him like that. So that's uh, yeah. Sorry, just a short story. Okay, so sorry. No, that's fine. Great story. Uh, yeah, there there are a lot of stories of him like that, where he would talk to people like that one on one, and then he would come back on tour and you know, would say to, would say to people, Hey, you know, how's your father doing? Or, you know, the last time we spoke, your brother was sick, you know, is he fine now? Or, you know, so he would remember, he would remember people's names and those types of personal conversations that he had with people. So that was amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. But, um, all right. So, for my meet and greet, and this is only so that I could take pictures on my phone and send them to Jeremy. Meet and greet and sound check would have to be with John Sykes. <laughs> wow. Just to say, hey, Jeremy, I'm uh, I'm I'm at, I found him. I found him. I'm at sound check with John Sykes. <laughs> so this stuff. Uh, look, uh, I've I've told a few people this because, um, and and I mentioned this on the the Patreon show. I I believe uh, I went shopping recently and uh, about forty minutes away and realized that everyone was in Iron Maiden t-shirts. And I said, "Why is everyone wearing Iron Maiden t-shirts? Are they playing close to here today?" And I look, and I'm like, yeah, there's a sold-out show tonight about mm, 100 meters that way. Uh, anyway, I haven't been keeping track of shows because I just haven't been able to afford them. And because at this point, with my kids wanting to go to shows, I would have a hard time going by myself and feeling not feeling guilty about taking them. So... 
all of that stuff between shows or meet and greets or anything else, I'm, I'm kind of out of the loop, but whenever it comes up on, you know, your usual news sites and they say, so-and-so's charging 4,000 to meet, uh, you know, whoever, um, the, the one, the, the one person and, and now Johan is going to say, oh, I met him. And I know that Brad has seen him already at the whiskey. The one person that I have the recurring dream of interviewing all the time, and this happens every so many months, is I have these lucid dreams where I'm just sitting down and chatting with Lars Ulrich. Mm. So um, mm. <laughs> I don't know that I would pay for something like that. But if that were ever to come true or I could just sit down and have a cool conversation with Lars about music and, and life in general, I'd be down for that. Uh, we, we, we need to make that happen. I don't know how, but we need to make it happen. Well, there's, well for, for, for a band that um, they're going to be simulcasting a show that they're going to be doing in Texas on two nights, on mm. the 19th and 20th, I believe, so... Well, it's going to be broadcast here in Spain on the 19th and 20th. And tickets are $15 a piece to see them in the theater, which is hmm. like double what regular theater tickets cost. And my son was like, okay, let's go. And I'm like, you realize that's double what it costs to see them in the theater? He said, oh, it's not seeing them in person? I go, no, it's seeing them in the theater. Oh, well, we could just see them at home, couldn't we? I said, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, um, he said he was rationalizing that 60 euros was cheaper than 300, so we should do it. I said, well, if it was 60 to see them in person, we'd be there, my friend. Mm. So. <laughs> I kind of think it might be fun to go to the theater, though, if, especially if it's packed with people and watch a concert, I, uh, especially if it's live. I think I I've done it. I did it once. I did it for the Led Zeppelin. Um, what was the name of that live album that they released where they recorded at the O2? Yeah. yeah. For Your Life or something like that it was called. Celebration? Uh, is it Celebration? Celebration Day. That's it. Okay. For Your Life is the song that they played that they'd never played live or they hadn't played in however many years. Anyway, it was cool. But at the at the end of the day... I mean, I've got a decent enough TV and a decent enough sound set up that would it be awesome to see it on a big screen? Yeah. Is it worth 60 bucks plus another 50 for popcorn and everything else? No. <laughs> so I'll wait till they release it on DVD or you can stream it at home and you can just watch it here. Last point of the night. Oh, and actually, Jose mentioned that I agree with Brad. I paid enough for uh, with the concert ticket. If there's a chance encounter, so be it. Agreed. All right. Thanks, Jose. Last, last point of the night. Nikki Six has come out and said that there's a band that he's surprised that was not bigger than Kiss. He goes on to say that they had the melodies, they had simple songs, they were crossed between pop and rock and punk and, and pop and, uh, and they had their own identities and that band was the Ramones. Now I love the Ramones. I've seen the Ramones live. I've listened to the Ramones a ton, 
And as much as I love them and as much as I think it it would be cool to still see them, there's no way in hell that the Ramones should have been bigger than Kiss. <laughs> you know, not in my opinion. Johan, do you think the Ramones should have been bigger than Kiss? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sure, if I was to decide, but uh, no, they had no, <laughs> they didn't wear the makeup or the big shows, but uh, yeah, um, I, I love the Ramones. They are, I know every, not every song, but hmm. 95% of Ramones songs I know hmm. uh, and I played. So, uh, uh, it's hard. I love Ramones more than I love Kiss, but uh, it's not. It's hard to compare, isn't it? It's it's different. It's yeah. It's different. Kiss Kiss is, you know, very uh, big American rock band, but Ramones is almost a European band not but you know what I mean but it's underground so it's ah you can't compare them those two Ramones is uh, one of the most important bands in the rock history and so is Kiss so they have uh, they have to share the throne in the <laughs> rock of you know, and the, and- they are they are so Ramones is good. Kiss is not so good, but almost. <laughs> yeah. You, Brad, Brad can talk. Well, you know, even though Johan's always right, uh, I'm going to respectfully disagree with uh, his statement here. Um, I, I, I've only, I, I, I played a few Ramones songs. Um, didn't require any rehearsal. Uh I've sung a few Ramon songs, didn't require any rehearsal. Uh, I've seen the Ramones once, and I'm not going to say I was impressed, okay? I mean, it it, it was just 40 minutes of uh, song running into one. You know, there was no breaks at all. They played the songs just all together. And, yeah, it was, I mean, they just stood there and played. That, that was it. I mean, it was... It, I mean, it wasn't shoegaze. They were, I don't know what they were looking at, but they weren't looking at their shoes, but they weren't, they weren't moving at all. And the songs were, uh, dare I say, a little similar. Um, I've seen Kiss more than a few times and uh, yeah, it's a whole different animal. I do agree with Johan. You really can't compare them. They're they're two totally different bands. Uh, But as far as the Ramones being bigger, you know, and if you like the Ramones better, I, 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 I say this, you know, that's totally cool because uh, we like what we like. You know, as long as you like something, I, I, I thing I don't like is people who aren't passionate about anything. It's like, yeah, I don't really, you know, have a favorite band. I just listen to whatever. I don't, I don't have a lot of respect for that. Um, same thing for pizza. If you don't care what's on your pizza, then something's wrong with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, put, put, put it in the comments here. If you, yeah. If you don't care what's on your pizza, I want to know. Um, so yeah, so I, I I'm going to say that uh, 
Nikki Nikki Six is great at just putting out stuff that's worth uh, talking about. Just because I mean, what a dumbass. Okay, go on, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I I definitely like pizza, and I definitely have to have tuna and onion on it. So I do really, really care about pizza. But anyway, really? that's, off, that's off topic. Yeah. <laughs> really? Tuna and onion? Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's awesome. I, yeah. yeah. There you I'll go. drink that. <laughs> um, the Ramones never really sort of um, passed. They passed me by, really. Uh, obviously, you know, over here in the UK, we, we had a lot of different influences going on, but they, they never really sort of struck a chord with me. And I sort of know of them and I've heard the odd song by them, but, you know, never never thought of them as a, as a huge act. There's a lot of bands out there that have been influential to other bands. Haven't there? You know, if you if you talk to Slash, you'll probably say The Damned or something like that, you know, have been really influential to him. Uh, they like a lot of their punk stuff or, you know, the, the sort of un- like, Joanne was saying a lot of these bands are underground bands. Um, Lou Reed, you know, be another one, and you know those sorts, those sort acts uh, that you know are not necessarily massive. Um, And there's probably a reason why they're not massive. Um, They may influence people, but they don't always have the hits. They don't have the stage show. And you know, there's a reason why Kiss are so amazing because you know they've got the most amazing stage show that's ever been seen in the history of rock music. Uh, you know, full stop. There's no other band that even touches them for stage show or has done, you know, from the start. And that's the only reason why they are so famous, uh, you know, with all the costumes and, and the firebombs and everything else that goes with it. So um, it doesn't always have to be the music. And we all like different types of music. So, you know, we all have a favorite type of music. And, you know, I could argue the toss over one of my favorite bands and you might might still think they're not that great. Agreed, 100%. I w- honestly, I thought he was going to say something more outlandish. I thought he was going to say, <laughs> you know, because knowing him, I thought he was going to say The Sweet or Slade or, or somebody oh, like yeah, that because yeah, he, yeah. he's he's always talking about them. So to hear him say Ramones, I was like, okay, I like Ramones, but I don't see – because I think part of the appeal is what Johan said too, is seeing them in a small club, seeing them, you know, seeing them on a, on a stage with risers and all that would have probably killed it. I, I saw them. Dude, that's, that's where I saw them. They were warming up for Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, wow. No shit. What tour Long was Beach, this? Long Beach Sports Arena. I don't know what tour this was, but I mean, people were actually buying drinks to throw at them. <laughs> uh, but but I'm, I, I now now I realize that's probably the punk thing, right? I mean, because right. it's, it's like they they would be happy if you spit on them, happy if you throw stuff at them. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, but you're right. Maybe that's why that didn't connect with me is that them doing their shtick on a big stage in a big arena just didn't come over at all. And in a small club, it might have been significantly better. So that's a good point, Victor. The the thing too, though, I've seen footage of them playing soccer stadiums, you know, mm-hmm. where in especially in South America and in certain parts of of Europe. And I saw them at Lollapalooza, which was their last tour ever, and they couldn't wait to get off stage. I mean, forty minutes was a lot that day. If anything, they sped through every song. And it was, okay, where's the check? Because they they were done in 35 minutes to half an hour. And they played a lot of songs. And by that time, 
Johnny Ramone had already sold his guitar off to Eddie Vedder and he had to ask Eddie for the guitar back uh, so that he could do the tour. <laughs> so, um, anyway. Wow. Interesting. Well, that's, uh, my, uh, with the Ramones, I mean, in Sweden, after they released Pet Cemetery in 88, perhaps? Somewhere around there, yeah. Uh, brain yeah. 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 Uh, they uh, played in, I saw them in Stockholm uh, in the in front of 10,000 people in an indoor ice hockey arena. And it they all were there for the Ramones. Uh, Iggy Pop was also on the bill, but he was nowhere near the... I mean, everyone was there for see the Ramones. Uh, and that's one of my, you know, uh, stadium, stadium, but uh, ice hall concert, it was... I mean, people were crazy for the Ramones. Uh, and, I mean... In '93, they played in uh, our biggest festival, and they were top of the bill. So mm. perhaps Ramones were huge in Sweden, uh, uh, much more than the rest of Europe or the world. I don't know, but they were huge yeah. and fantastic live. I think that I think you're right in the sense to say that they were probably bigger in Europe than they were in the U.S. Um, because, uh, there was an interview that I did. Oh no, I know why, what it was. Uh, Dan Lorenzo posted a, uh, a picture on Instagram, which was, uh, I believe Ramones with one of his bands. It was either Hades or nonfiction, or I think it was nonfiction. And they talked about how they had opened up for, for it was Ramones overkill and whatever band Dan was in at the time. And they, they were talking about that. And now that you're mentioning this, Johan, I mean, they've always been in Spain. They, they've always talked about Ramones, at least people that are fans of, of rock music in the U S I mean, they still have, you know, Blitzkrieg bop and, and I want to be sedated and, uh, those two songs and give me, give me shock treatment. Those all get airplay. Um, Blitzkrieg, Blitzkrieg Bob gets played at every single sporting event in the U S. Oh, so yeah. they make a lot of money off of that. Now pet cemetery, obviously the song was played a lot because of, you know, the movie. And I remember around that time they had a video for Merry Christmas. I don't want to fight. So that was played every single Christmas. Whenever there was a Christmas special, you always had that video or you had that song being played during uh, different different shows. So um, that, was, that was a very lean time for them. I mean, they were on TV. They were on like the Morton Downey show. They were or, or on the Howard Stern show, stuff like that. But it was it wasn't about the music. It was kind of about you know them telling stories or them trying to on the Morton Downey show. I mean, a good part of it was probably scripted. Um, so it was them like 
talking about sex, drugs, and rock and roll and stuff like that. So, you know, it was them on the lower end of their career. They, they kind of made a comeback towards the end in the U S but I think a lot of it had to do with bigger bands taking them out. I know that in the U S they toured with typo negative and they toured with other bands that felt that they had um, been influenced by the Ramones. So, uh, unfortunately band couldn't get along. <laughs> they broke up probably a few years before they, they should have before people started dying off in the band. And, uh, it's a shame that really, um, uh, there's, there's only two left, which is CJ and Marky Ramon at this point in time. So. Yep. Anyway. All right. Well, we're going to be wrapping up the show now. I do appreciate Jeremy for sending all the wonderful questions, Brad and, Johan for also being here as well tonight. Johan taking time out of his busy uh, schedule to present us with happy Johan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jose in the chat as well for joining us. Uh, thank anyone who's watching the replay of this or listening to the podcast version. Just remember to go to Signals from Mars for your one-stop shopping place for all things Signals from Mars related, whether it's uh, the video version of the show, the audio version, the social media platforms. And since uh, this great platform now allows me to uh, uh, include links for different Amazon stores, for example, uh, if you purchase from Amazon US, Amazon Canada, Amazon UK, uh, just remember that I am a Amazon affiliate, so I may receive a percentage of the sale. You can also do a PayPal donation or join us on Patreon. And all of a sudden, yeah, this is weird because um, I'd set up the T-shirts. Hmm. And it doesn't appear now. Let's see. There we go. Hold on. So I can actually do this. A fashionable Signals from Mars oh. t-shirt. Ooh. A signals Ooh, from, I have one of those. A Signals from Mars t-shirt that Johan already has, <laughs> actually. I need one of those. There's a hoodie. Ooh. There's a windbreaker jacket. And there is a bomber jacket. So these are all for sale. You could either scan the QR codes here or you can actually go to signalsfrommars.com and click on merch and pick one of them up. Awesome, guys. Thank you once again for joining us tonight. And we'll be wrapping things up here. And uh, join us, like I said, on Patreon for $2 a month to keep up with everything that we have going on. And you could be here with one of us maybe next week. On that note, we will see you next time right here on the Signals from Mars live stream, folks. See ya. to the signals
from Mars Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to signalsfrommars.com for more information. This concludes our show. 